Left. Right. Hello there. Thank you for joining. This is our first episode for the year 2024, and these are our predictions for the following year. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. All right, we are live. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode 235, predictions for the year 2024. My name is Justin DiGiulio, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell, philosopher, philanderer, philanthropist, a man of many PHs. James, how's it hanging down there in sunny South Carolina? Not as nice as it was last week when I was in San Diego. Mm, yeah, here's a little chilly down there in, in uh, South Carolina this time. Yeah, it's chilly, but also, like, it, it's just tough to beat San Diego. Well, that's, yeah, that's what geography, that's how geography works. Um, so it is awfully cold here in New York. Actually, we had a, a wind advisory the last couple of days. Crazy, uh, crazy wind. Dude, I've got so many uh, branches down in my yard. Yeah. We had gusts of like 50 and 60 mile an hour winds on like Tuesday. Yeah, so that, I guess maybe that's that's sweeping the country. Well, um, you got another one coming through. Well, look, we got we got predictions for the year 2024. I don't think either one of us has mentioned extreme weather, but I definitely think uh, the weather. Did you mention it? I just didn't read it. I don't think so. Okay, no. All right, good. I didn't mention extreme weather either, but I definitely think. Uh, we're going to start seeing some more extreme weather. I've been seeing it over the last five, eight years, um, maybe a little bit less, maybe maybe five, six years. Just noticing uh, the intensity of some of these storms a bit, a bit stronger. Uh, before we go any further, I got to ask you what you are drinking. Um, whatever I could find in my uh, beer fridge in the garage, which apparently is Miller Lite. Miller Lite, all right, not my favorite, but I, I will. It's not my it. favorite either, but I also didn't buy it, so. Um, so we got to catch up a little bit, but I got to tell you that the first week of this month for five days straight, I did a water fast. Yeah. You got to tell me how that went, which, which means it, it doesn't mean that I didn't drink soda or beer or coffee and just live normally, but drank water. I didn't eat food. I didn't eat any food at all. And, uh, I only drank water. So not oh, even real coffee. quick, Dan Dujak, general predictions or something specific. Well, it's well, going to be like it's, general it's, areas, and then we're going to get specific in those. So we're talking like to give you guys a quick preview. We're looking at like politics, like war, technology, the environment, economy. and just other trends that we think are going to either like get bigger or pop up. Yeah, we'll get into AI. We just we just glossed over uh, extreme weather, but so right, look, so water just, fast. Uh, yeah, let me just, let me just get this done with so we can really get into the content, but yeah, so I did a water fast for five days, which, uh, which was, was pretty wild. It wasn't actually as bad as I thought it was. I've done a juice uh, fast before, and I actually think that was more difficult because you were, the juice is pretty high in sugar and low in fiber, right? Because they're not, they're not blending the fruits and vegetables. They're just juicing it. So it's basically, just like, sugar water. Yeah, with some sugar water. Um, but but the sugar really spikes your insulin and then drops it right back down. Whereas the water fast, it was pretty much even keel all day long. 
every once in a while I'd be around some some very fragrant food and it would really get me salivating a little bit and I could feel my stomach kind of contracting. But uh, and then I, there was a couple of late nights where before bed my stomach was was a little sore. But realistically, for the course of the five days, I managed pretty well. Uh, what are uh, the be- like? What are the purported benefits? So. One is weight loss. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do it for weight loss. Had I had that been the primary reason, I would have done it. I definitely would have weighed myself first because people have. I only did it for five days, and people are saying, "Wow, you, you look like you lost weight." I'm like, "You you saw me seven days ago. I look like I lost weight in seven days." I'm like, "Yeah, man." So it, there's definitely the weight loss element. Uh, it also in the immediacy shrinks your stomach, so you're not you know, eating big big portions after that, but. There's a big uh, detoxification, right? That's you're bullshit. Only, you're, you're, well, you're you're only drinking water, so you're flushing your system. So the immediate yeah, your your system's constantly flushing itself. That's why you have a liver and kidneys. Any any time I hear someone say getting rid of toxins, I immediately know they're full of shit. But but no, you're getting rid of some toxins. Your no, system, you're not. You're, you're your body's you're... constantly getting rid of toxins. Sure, the only thing also... that you're doing, no, hang on, you're right. You're, you're right. not introducing your is... more toxins that's, to your body. That's my point. So your body's constantly getting rid of toxins, but you're constantly delivering them. So you're giving your body a little bit of a break. You're cleaning the system out. You're flushing the system a little bit. Uh, it's good for your bowels. But also what they say is this kind of ketosis element. Your body goes into repair mode, and it's actually good for – and this is, this is where – and we – haven't done our research on this, but we really should do an episode where you and I get to do some big time digging into this is epigenetics, right? The aspects of your, your genes that, that do change on the fly and basically the effectiveness of the expression of your genes. But what they say is it, is it repairs some of your genetics also has a lot of anti-cancer and anti-aging I would uh, like to see the actual like peer reviewed. Well, this is, this this. is, this is a, this is a new science. I was really skeptical. I'm not a big person of fasting. I actually, yeah, I like, like, I like to if eat. If it's not I, peer reviewed, I'm not interested in it because anybody can say anything and claim it's science. Uh, I I've been hearing a lot a lot more about it. Um, I've got a stack of uh, Scientific American uh, freaking magazines. I got to catch up on. So oh, real quick, Dan Dujak asked Bitcoin to one hundred fifty thousand. I'm like, you're dreaming. Like uh, Bitcoin. Like, Bitcoin is such a stupid thing. <laughs> so everything we, about everything about cryptocurrency is idiotic. Um, well, it, it like it, it serves no purpose. It, it, it wastes right. a tremendous let's, amount of resources. Let's wrap back around. So either way, so I finished the uh, the water fast, and uh, I'm doing a dry January, and uh, I've never done a dry January before. So this has been an interesting, uh, never done a dry any month for that matter. Yeah. So this will be an interesting uh, month, but it's, uh, you know, some stressful days. I'm, I'm like, damn, I could really, I love it. Nice All right. Well, school. real quick, let me ask you this. Would you recommend the five day water mm-hmm. fast? The reason that I did it was for discipline. Uh, it was, it was kind of trending. I heard some people talking about it. Somebody, I can't, fr- I, I've been saying this. I can't freaking remember who it was. Somebody's like, you could never do that. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, I can handle that, but I've lost a lot of discipline uh, as I've gotten older. So the number one reason I did it was simply for the discipline and, you know, whatever value that you find in doing the fast, uh, you know, just the sake of being able to say that you did it. Um, Let me ask you this then, because I've considered doing it because I kind of want to do like a bodily reset of sorts. That's the but, way that I looked at it was a, it was a bit of a reset. I, it didn't reset much for me. How, how, how bad was like your energy level and 
Well, so I didn't, else. I did not, I did not exercise the entire time. So I didn't feel super fatigued. Now when I lift weights a lot, I actually, ha I get like crazy hungry. So not exercising, I think helped with some of the hunger. Next time I think I'll do it probably drinking black coffee and doing some, uh, some mid distance, slow jogs. Um, but, uh, but it wasn't difficult. It wasn't difficult. And then coming out of it, I had a, a big meal. I only had a plate of food with like lots of lettuce on it, but it actually kind of like, it sat in my stomach all night long. And then the next morning I, I woke up and threw up and I felt really sick. I had soup later in the, in the evening and didn't even, it was, uh, uh, I didn't even eat all the stuff that was in the soup. I just kind of drank the broth. Yeah. That would have been my next <clears> question is like, don't you need to kind of like gradually get, like bring food back in? Well, I, you know, I thought eating a decent amount of salad would be, would be good because of the fiber. And, yeah. uh, and then I was eating Mediterranean food. So it was, it was not a, you know, crazy heavy food. It just, it did not, it did not digest very well. My guess my stuff, you know, what I eat every three hours or so, my digestion is kind of always moving. So I guess it just kind of ground everything to a halt, which is, hmm. it slows your, your metabolism definitely slows down. Dan asks about mental clarity. I didn't have an in increase in mental clarity really, really at all. Uh, I definitely lost the lows, like, you know, say three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, I get a little sluggish. I definitely lost the the harsh effects of that sluggishness. But just overall, to me, <clears throat> uh, I'll take the lows to experience the highs, <laughs> okay? Like, I don't mind being a little hungover if I get to have a fun night out. Uh, I don't mind being a little sluggish if I if I get to have a nice lunch and feel pretty good after lunch. Um, you know, this was just kind of like a gray day. Nothing was great. I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, like the movie Limitless where you get this brain pill where you get this crazy mental clarity. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't that great. I'll drink the coffee all day, any day, and, and just deal with the times when you're sluggish. Uh, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of our <laughs> of our conversation. Speaking of which, though, dry January. I am drinking, uh, and I know you don't like the stuff. Um, I'm drinking milk, so uh, that's my drink of choice for the podcast. This is a whole milk from uh, from Stewart's, <laughs> the upstate New York favorite. Man, I miss Stewart's. <laughs> uh, Stewart's a great is a great uh, little convenience store slash gas station. So, where should we start talking about 2024? I actually um, mislabeled it. Like, I think there, there are some things that we both talked about and like when you were writing up your section and I was writing up mine, there's some overlap. I think we should start there. Um, which basically okay. is Trump. Okay. So I, and I was in the middle of saying, I actually titled this predictions for 2023. I feel like that would have been an easier. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, man, this is going to be an easy cast. Uh, and there's a question here on uh, Instagram. How was your sleep I, uh, during the, the, the water fast? I slept fine. I actually, I was, I was more tired. So I, I slept a little deeper. So, so yeah, so Trump, I, uh, I think there's a pretty high probability that he uh, will win the election if he's allowed, if he's allowed to run uh, fairly. And uh, I don't necessarily know that it would be unfair if he was banned from, from running, but. Well, it, I mean, we should talk about that. <clears throat> we should say like, first of all, like, I think there's two scenarios that you need to analyze. Like scenario one is 
like with all the different court cases that he has right now. So well, let's go the simple scenario first. Well, hold on. The, the, this is the this is the simple scenario. Okay. Is all of those court cases like going into the November election? We need to assume either haven't gone to trial or he's been found not guilty. Where basically he he doesn't have a so criminal conviction yeah. on his record going into the November election. I thought, I That's thought the you were going the other, other direction. Yeah, so there's no criminal conviction. He's allowed to run. Well, and the, yeah, the other <clears throat> the other part of the simple one is that like he's able to win in the Supreme Court regarding the 14th Amendment challenges. Which are which are what? So the the 14th Amendment challenges are section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars anybody from who participated in in, in an insurrection from holding public office. And so a couple states, notably Colorado, have found that the 14th Amendment Section 3 applies to Trump and have removed him from the ballot. Um, and so which is which is not going to he will stay off the ballot until until it makes it to the Supreme Court. Um, I believe they might like they might stay their like order on this um, like until until the appeal is done. But basically, th this is a case that really does need to go to the Supreme Court because if you have one state doing one thing and another state doing another thing, like that's one of the reasons for the Supreme Court to exist is to rectify issues between the states. Well, and, 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 and to have a fair nationwide election, I think I think that needs to happen sooner. Well, and that's the other thing is like if you're gonna have some states that bar Trump from the ballot and other states that don't, then that does actually bring up some questions about election fairness. And I think the Supreme Court, and regardless of which direction the Supreme Court rules, like if the Supreme Court says, yes, it does apply or no, it doesn't, I do think that each state needs to treat Trump the same way in regards to ballot eligibility. And yeah, so, I, I mean, I agree for us to have a fair nationwide election. So, well, and also it's the perception <laughs> of fairness. Because if Trump is kept off the ballot in, let's say, five or six states, then he, like even if the election results are legitimate and he loses, and he loses by more than the margin of those five or six states, he's still going to complain that he was treated unfairly, and a lot of people are going to agree with him. Well, and 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 this is look, I, you know, I don't want Trump to be president again. I don't really want Biden to be president again either, but. The big, the biggest issue I have with Trump is his divisiveness for our country, and we are already there again going into twenty twenty four. So, so he hasn't he hasn't even become the president. <laughs> we're you yeah. know we're we're ten months out from this. And, well, so let's talk about in the, let's talk about the simple scenario. He is not subject to any successful 14th Amendment challenges, and he has not been convicted of any of the charges against him in the various trials that are going on. That's the simple election scenario, and it's going to be Trump versus Biden. Exactly. I think, so, I think and, and prediction-wise, I think that's an easy win for him. I disagree. Everybody disagreed in, in 2016. Yeah, there's, there's a couple big differences between this year and 2016. One is that the Democrats were really complacent in 2016. But, but you thinking that Biden's just going to win in 2024, I think is very. Is, is, no, 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 no. There's a difference. 
because in 2016, it just felt like we don't really need to do anything. People can see on its face that Trump is an absurd person. No, like no one's seriously going to think about electing him. And then it happened and it was like, oh shit. Um, and, and then not everyone, the, the Democrats, which were roughly 50% of everyone. Yeah. All right. Fine. But, <laughs> and I think what you're, what you're actually, no, on, for, no, you know what, what you're not if accounting you, for, listen, is, is the split in the democratic party. And the split in the Democratic Party is the woke liberals versus the traditional liberals. Actually, no, I'm going to I'm I'm going to stand by my holy shit statement because there's a picture of Trump on election night when like it came back that he it was like clear that he was going to win and he just looks like completely ter- terrified because <laughs> I think I, I think I know exactly and and also yeah, and, yeah it's like I think the Republicans <laughs> thought they were going to lose. Because of all the reasons why they should have, I think the Republicans were just as surprised as the Democrats were that Trump won. That just their emotional reaction to the surprise was different than the Democrats. But I think the surprise was equal. So I'm going to stand by the holy shit, we can't believe he won. Um, and uh, so, hold on, let, let, let me let me throw out reason number one why I don't think 2016 is the same as 2024 is. I don't think that the Democrats are complacent. I think that they recognize that Trump is a very real threat to win and they are going to be campaigning hard wherever they can to to try and get as many people out to vote. I don't think that it's just kind of a this guy's a joker. We're not going to take him seriously, so we don't need to campaign that hard. No one's actually going to like when it comes time to it, people aren't going to vote for him. The, the, that threat, it the, the threat of complacency just doesn't exist this year like the democrats know what the stakes are um that's point one point two is even since like 2020 you've had millions of people become eligible to vote and you've also had millions Millions of young people millions of young people millions of young people eligible to vote and at the same time millions of old people die and if you look at the trends, older people tended to vote more heavily in favor of Trump and younger people tended to vote heavily in favor of Biden. And so the demographics are very much on the Democrat side. Now, what the Democrats need to do is get those people to actually come out and vote. And my belief is that they will, because I think that Gen Z is severely pissed off. I... I just don't see that swing in the election, but but we can disagree with our predictions. Our predictions are predictions and opinion. Uh, I think there's a very high probability he would win. Let's 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 move on because we already lost eighty uh, percent of the audience talking about politics. But let's stay on politics. Let's stay on politics. Yeah, I know, I know you do. Let's stay on politics and say that uh, that the the second scenario that Trump is uh, is not allowed to run. Um, Dan Jujak says, can we pass a new amendment for an age maximum? So like there's an age minimum to be a president and he's recommending an age maximum. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some popular support for that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think an age, I mean, as humans are aging longer, uh, you'd make an argument against it. I'm well, just trying to play devil's advocate and, and present both sides of this, but I would say if not an age, uh, cap, maybe some type of test <laughs> yeah because because like my only objection with that is that 
like you can take two people that are both 70 years old and they will present the very differently. One can run marathons. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other one can't stand up. And not that the one that can't stand up is not even that unhealthy. It's, right. But it, you could also like, and just like on a mental aptitude, but, like you can then, have some 70 year olds that are still like college professors doing high level academic work. Then you can have other 70 year olds that can't put together a sentence. I was, so, I was, I was just, you know, you know, we're going to fucking lose track here. Go off on tangents. I heard this crazy story about this Italian guy who, uh, who moved to the United States, I don't know, in his twenties or thirties or something. This is somebody's like grandfather. They're telling a story. And, uh, and he lived with his family and never really learned English. So he just, he could like, he only spoke Italian. So he could do like basic communications, like hello. He would say good morning, but didn't even know what it meant. Uh, and he, but he mostly just got around, you know, day to day. Uh, the problem was his family and everybody around him didn't speak Italian. So now in his old age, he's, he doesn't remember any Italian because he hasn't spoken it in 50 years, but he's never learned English. <laughs> so the guy literally has no language. Hmm. He can't write in English. He can't write in Italian. Imagine that, how much time that goes by where you're just not communicative, just getting by. And you, you, you realize, or probably the people around you realize first, that you actually have no grasp on communication and, and, and language. You're obviously communicating in other ways, body language and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, that's just a huge failure on a number <laughs> of fronts. I, I completely agree. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's get back to scenario two. I'll let you introduce All it. All right, so scenario two is let's imagine one of the following things happen. Because I think any one of these happening, are they're all kind of equivalent. So scenario two is Trump wins enough primary votes to become the RNC candidate, right? Okay. And once he's the RNC candidate, either the Mar-a-Lago documents case, the January 6th election interference case, or the Georgia election interference case, or the 14th Amendment challenges are successful in that Trump is convicted on one or, on one or more of those charges, or the Supreme Court rules that the 14th Amendment section, uh, section 3 applies to Trump. So now the RNC has a candidate that is either a convicted felon or barred from being on the ballots. So it can't be Trump as the candidate, even though that's what the primary suggested. So right now, the other two possible candidates are either Haley or DeSantis. Yeah. I think that their odds against Biden are much higher. I completely Trump. agree. I, I completely agree. I I think so. If you want my overall prediction, which may not be in line with yours overall, but you may see this as 50 percent, whereas I see it more as 75 or 80 percent that we're going to have a Republican president come 2025. Here's here's where I put the odds. I put the odds of us having a Democratic president at about 45%. Now, of that 55% Republican president, I put it at about 50-50, so I guess 27.5% each, that it's yeah. either Trump or DeSantis slash Haley. <laughs> and of the 27.5%, what do you... <laughs> Which way are you leaning for DeSantis and, and, and how much for Haley? Probably about 70-30 split in favor of Haley. Mm, no, that's because you're from South Carolina. No, 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 no. I think that DeSantis <laughs> has made 
a case for how off-putting he is to the national audience, whereas Haley, while she doesn't really stand for anything, she has a more polished appearance, a more charming demeanor, and a better delivery. And I think that, like, I think that Haley is the more electable of the two. She has gone, she has made far fewer enemies than DeSantis has. And that matters. I'll buy it. And also on a on a public platform, she didn't uh, spar with Disney. So, well, it, it, DeSantis has picked, like, Disney's the high profile one, but he's picked so many other yeah, small true. little petty fights just right. to. We need to, uh, all right, so we gotta we gotta quick, move on here because uh because we, we, we just we need to move on. But real quick, I will say that I think the chances that Trump is convicted in one of these cases, either the documents case, the, the interference case, or the Georgia interference case, before the general election, I'm gonna put those odds at about seventy to eighty percent. Well I think that'll happen because the documents case is so open and shut in terms of the facts that the only reason he doesn't get convicted is if he's able to successfully delay that trial until after the election. The January the, the January 6th federal trial is the, the charges are a little bit more nebulous, so he has a lower chance of being convicted, but he has a much higher chance of going to trial before the election. And I think that the witness testimony against him in that trial is going to be really, really strong. And then the Georgia election case could get delayed due to the fact that he's in federal court for a whole bunch of things. And Georgia's like, yeah, we'll let him go to federal court first and we'll deal with him later. And then there's also a really interesting question of what happens if he gets elected to be president and then has to go to Georgia to deal with the state level trial and gets convicted. So you have a president that is a felon at the state level. That that That's a I, I don't know the answer to that one. They'd probably see if he could pardon himself. All right, we got to move on. No, you can't we pardon yourself for state charges. We, Pardons we, only work from the federal level. We have lost uh, 90% of our initial viewers. So let's. Uh, oh, all <laughs> we're, right. we're not going to get them back because they're not going to hear us uh, transition here. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, for those this of you who are still talking listening, about, though. Um, uh, where should we go? Should we, should we talk? Let's talk about war because we both, we both had war uh on the on the mind thinking of uh 2024 now my thinking on israel palestine uh ukraine and russia is that these wars are going to continue to wage on it's not going to get any better i don't think it's going to get much worse uh but what people a lot of people especially our generation and younger haven't really witnessed real war Right. What happened when we were younger, when we were younger during Bush, uh, that didn't really feel like much of a war for us. Well, uh, it was really distant. And well, and but like, also they weren't bombing like hospitals in Afghanistan. Yeah, they were. Uh, well, not that not that it was in our face all the time. Now you see this happening in, in Palestine uh, and it's it's in our face all the time. It's, and But we didn't also didn't have social media back then for you had to hear it on the news or see it in the newspaper. Now we're seeing a lot more of this in our face. But what a lot of people don't think about when it comes to war is that many wars go on for years and years and years, some decades and decades long. So I don't think this is going to go on for decades and decades, but I don't think it's, I don't see it settling that soon. And I think Ukraine and Russia, 
and what's going on in Palestine. I don't see that changing. I don't see that changing uh, any time in the next couple of months. So I, I, I don't think stretching that even a few months more, we're going to see that drastic of a change. That's my opinion. That's my right. opinion. So Ukraine and Russia is largely a war of attrition at this point. And it's really how much funding does the West continue to funnel into Ukraine to give them weapon systems and ammunition, ammunition, et cetera, to keep their, their like army going. And on the Russian side, it's how much are Russians willing to suffer under these sanctions and in crappy life and everything because of like the way that the world is treating them and how long will Putin survive? Because I think once Putin dies, Russia leaves the war. Like, I, this is I completely war. agree. But, so, know, but the thing is, it, the war is, is is when you said a war of attrition, that's that's really what's happening. And that's why I, I don't think it's going to change that much because I feel like it's been going on long enough that it's just at this point just kind of on life support, self-sustaining well, in, in, in Ukraine and Russia. Now, that's the, a the thing that is going to change the war in Ukraine and Russia <clears throat> is if Ukraine loses significant amount of international aid, Support, then yeah. Ukraine's going to start losing. And on the other side, it'll be if Putin dies or enough of the oligarchs get sick of his crap and say, we're going to get rid of you, which you would have think well, you would think would have happened by now if it was going to happen. Yeah, he has a lot of support in that country. He does. He's losing. So, <laughs> so I don't think that the Western support for Ukraine is going to stop anytime soon. And I don't think that Putin's going to die anytime soon. So I predict that that's going to continue to be largely a stalemate. All right. What do you think uh, over in Palestine? Um, it's a much smaller area. It's, it's a much smaller war. Um, they're fighting over less ground. They're fighting over less people. And Israel has... Israel has a more organized army than Ukraine, and they have similar levels of international back backing. And so the question is really, how far does Israel want to go before they claim victory? Yeah, I, I, I will I will buy that. And I think I think that's really the the big question is, is how much damage do they want to do? Um, but optics wise it's it's not a good look but i don't i don't see i don't see either side backing down no and unfortunately the people that are going to be suffering are primarily palestinians with some like with some israelis also suffering as well and you're going to have i think that netanyahu loses his job over this because like the 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 attack on israel on 106 was a pretty big failure at multiple levels of government. And I think the voters are going to hold Netanyahu accountable, which I him going, that. I think would overall be a good thing for Israel. So, um, all right. Uh, now you got Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Iran. Yeah. So Saudi Arabia and Iran hate each other. And they've got these Houthi rebels that are supported by Iran, trying to overthrow the Yemeni government. And so Iran supporting them and Saudi Arabia is fighting on the side of Yemen. And it all comes down to like the, the Shiite versus Sunni split in mm -hmm. the Islamic faith. And I, I think that's another one that's just going to continue to be a stalemate because like the Houthis aren't funded enough to make a big impact. And they also just don't have enough people, but like the Saudis are basically throwing only enough resources at it to just like keep it 
at bay. They don't really care about completely quashing it, I, I feel like. And also, Yemen as a country doesn't have like en- enough economic or international clout for the larger world to really care. I think the world's kind of looking at it as like, this is Saudi Arabia and Iran fighting and us getting involved, whichever country you're talking about, the, like the us is like any random country. Just like, why would we get involved in this? How does it benefit us to basically pick a fight with Saudi Arabia and or Iran? All right. Next, next country, next country. We get a, Oh, we get North we get Korea <laughs> because everyone likes to talk about North Korea doing something and North Korea is not going to do anything. They're going to continue to bloviate. No and, one, no one really likes North Korea. So for them to attack somebody else, uh, and that's not entirely true, but it's it's generally true. Um, they don't have a lot of friends, so uh, for them to for them to do anything crazy, I don't think it's going to. You know, it's really, really well interesting. On them. There's two things going on in North Korea that a lot of people I don't think I don't think people think about it this way. One, there are two countries that actually would like to keep North Korea the way it is. One much more so than the other, but. And who are China they? and South Korea, because imagine that the regime in North Korea falls. You're going to have however many millions of North Koreans that are propagandized, brainwashed, undereducated, malnourished, with limited to no practical modern skills that now need to go somewhere and be taken care of. Yeah. yeah. That's a massive humanitarian crisis that would have to be funded primarily by china and or south korea right. and next, both next countries up, don't want to have to deal with that next up china and taiwan you don't think uh, you don't see china invading taiwan nope uh, i i think also taiwan is going to have a lot of international support um taiwan will have way more international support than ukraine did so well yeah yeah uh, uh, taiwan exports a lot more than than ukraine does yeah taiwan uh, it, there's a certain <clears throat> there's a certain quality of microchips that are only manufactured in Taiwan. And those are the highest quality ones. Like for super high-end computing purposes, the, the chips that you need are only made in one place, and that is Taiwan. So every country and every business that has a vested interest in being able to have access to the, the, the best computer chips on the planet is going to want to protect Taiwan. All right. After we gotta we gotta move on, but don't let me forget. Afterwards, I want to talk to you about a video game emulator. Not that I know anything about video games. This is why I need your opinion. Before we move on to technology, man, we have been stuck in uh, war, international politics for. Uh, oh, real quick, I want to hit. Ah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Uh, we gotta hit the bar trivia because we got a lot more to cover. We haven't even we haven't even hit bar trivia. Uh, do you remember my question from last last episode? Sure, don't. Okay, Dan Manley was revisiting his hometown when an old friend called, Hey, Dan, how have you been? It must have been 15 years since we saw each other last. At least that, replied Dan. I've been keeping well, but tell me about yourself. Dan's friend answered, I'm married now, but to someone you wouldn't know. By the way, this is my daughter. Dan looked down at the little girl and asked her name. And she said, it's the same as my mother's. The little girl replied, uh... Oh, shit. Sorry. I'm <laughs> bad at reading this. Dan looked down at the little girl and asked her name. She said, it's the same as my mother's. Dan then said, I bet I know your name is Susan, isn't it? How could Dan have known this? Dan Manley revisiting his hometown. Yeah, ran, no, we already heard the question. Ran into, his the friend, ran into his friend, said, it must have been so long since I've seen you. We've uh, already heard now, that. but to someone you wouldn't know. How did Dan know? That this little girl's name was Susan, if she was named after her 
mother. I, I don't know. Dan's friend was the mother of the young girl. Oh. Dan's friend Susan was the mother of the young girl. Man, this one this one took me a while. This one took me a while to, to get to, but a really simple, simple answer. Uh, we will we'll follow up uh, at the end of this episode with our next bar trivia question. But back to our predictions for the year 2024. Should we get into uh, technology? Yeah. All right. Go for it. Uh, my first one, I think that AI continues to like get news headlines and disrupt in, in, in kind of small ways, but I don't think it's going to make any major headway this year because people are still very reluctant to accept automation in their daily lives. Well, yeah, I'll, I will buy that. People don't even like having uh, products suggested to them on Amazon. They turn off all the uh, all the tracking things, so it's difficult to have things automated if you don't want anybody tracking you. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to see any any crazy things happening with AI. I don't think we're going to have some humanoid robots uh, take over. I think we are maybe a decade or two away from that even being in the realm of possibility. Uh, but you remember when the internet hit the scene? Right. And uh, uh, at first, people like didn't even think it would catch on. Right. I don't think I don't think that's how AI works. I'm just I'm asking you. People were like, oh, it's not going to last. I think everybody this time around, a new technology kind of hitting the scene. Everybody's like, man, this is actually this is actually going to catch on. Like we fucked up with the Internet. This is kind of the next big thing. Uh, This is going to be something. Um, But, you know, in my notes here, and I, I mentioned this before to you, even my toaster has Wi-Fi. My yeah, oven, which is just that, that's so stupid. It, it, but but point is, it's everywhere. My oven shares recipes and weather related re- uh, recipes, and my oven, the screen on my oven shares the current weather. You don't you hey. don't need that, but the internet is just integrated into everything. Hang on, real quick. Dan wants to talk about economics, CPI rate cuts, and like liquidity. Are, are we not? Are we not going to get there? We are, but he says he's going to be leaving. Okay, he'll have to catch the episode. Uh, I guess we'll have to. Yeah, you <laughs> Sorry, Dan. YouTube, Dan. I, I think it's great that James James answering you, and I appreciate the comments. But also, uh, Sasha's criticizing your choice of drinking whole milk straight, <laughs> like that you might be a sociopath. It and it actually makes me think, like, if you see in movies somebody drinking just plain whole milk, they're one of two things: they're either like mentally challenged or a villain. <laughs> Now, yeah, if somebody drinking plain whole milk in a in a in a movie, they're definitely a villain. Uh, you know, or mentally challenged, uh, or so, yeah, or they could be they could be a little special. But, yeah, uh, you pick which one you are. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go with sociopathic. I don't know what to drink if I'm not drinking beer. <laughs> I just I don't people who who don't drink alcohol. What do they drink? Like fruit juice? That seems a little silly to me. They just drink tea. water. Or they drink water all the time. I had tea today. I drank I drank so much tea. Uh, it's, I just, it's really boring. I wanted to, I have a beer in the refrigerator in my office. There's a bottle of wine. People gifted me all these bottles of, uh, liquor over the holidays. I just sit, cluttering up my desk. Yeah, and you're going to have a massive hangover on February 2nd. <laughs> I told you what happened when I broke the, the fast after the water fast. I didn't even eat that much food and, uh, I, I couldn't even digest it. So, um, but I went in easy. I thought I was going in easy. So I'm going to have to obviously go in easy. Uh, with the drinking after taking a month off. But, you know, we talked about the health benefits of just, and fuck, we're losing our train of thought here. We're talking about the health benefits of the the water fast. They say that your liver can fully regenerate in 30 days 
providing it's not damaged to the point of, of no return. So unless you have like fatty liver disease or uh, cirrhosis of the liver, if your liver is, liver is pretty beat up, it can do a full recovery in 30 days. So they say that, you know, once a year or so you should take a, a month off from, from drinking. So I may incorporate that as I, as I mm. get into middle age here. Yeah, you'll have to let me know how your liver feels in 20 more days. <laughs> it's going to feel great. Um, so yeah, but, but, but back to, back to AI, I think unlike the, the internet, people are more scared of it, but, but I don't think we're going to see anything crazy happen. I do think that AI though is going to within itself continue to have major advances uh, because it, it, the growth of AI, the way that it learns is accelerating. Yeah. But the question, like the question I have is what impact does that really have for most people? Cause I, I just don't see it really affecting products or services all that much. Well, and that's, and that's where, that's where I see the correlation to the internet in the early days of the internet. People were thinking, I, I don't really see how that's going to catch on. You can send people digital mails. You send that. How does that, you're going to send them a mail digitally. People are going to want to do that. That seems really silly. Um, people want to read the newspaper on their, on their computer screen. What that doesn't seem like something that's going to catch on. Right. And now, and now literally the internet has, has put most newspaper and magazine publications. out. Yeah, of I think the difference so is I, that. I, no, here's, here's my point though, is I think we're, we're very short sighted on this because we're looking into the future from the perspective of today. And the same way, if you look at a movie made in the eighties uh, and they, they, they look into the future. So say you look at a futuristic car in a 1980s movie, what does it have? It has a bunch of CRT, uh, CRT screens. Uh, you know, it built into the dashboard. Okay, they're saying the year two thousand that that a car is going to have screens in it, and they're using these <laughs> these bubble CRT uh, screens within the yeah, car. Yeah. That's that's looking at the future through the lens of today. And and now you get in the car, uh, and it has screens, or you know, it has uh, uh, all these things that illuminate, and it's nothing like you could have imagined thirty, forty years ago. So let I let me think ask you this: we don't have the right lens. On the future. Let me let me pose. Here's here's why I see AI and the internet differently. And well, so, they are different. They yeah, are but different. let me, let me ask you this: in the predictions that we're making, right? I but let, let, let me right. give you the basis for it. And I'm going to do it right. in the form of a question: What did the inter internet displace? A whole lot of things. Yes, but if you think about it, the internet displaced a lot of the things that we had to do in person or with physical things, right? Mm -hmm. What is AI displacing? Uh, human uniqueness. Okay. Uh, painting, writing articles, thinking. So. Right, a lot, lot less thinking. Yeah. And so, since we don't do things in, since right. we don't do things in person anymore. Right, but here, here, follow me on this one because I think people saying I can read my newspaper on a screen instead of having a physical piece of paper in front of me is much less of a leap than. I'm going to make a decision versus I'm going to trust something that I don't even understand to make a decision for me. I think that that's a but much could, bigger ask. But I could produce an entire newspaper publication in uh, 11 seconds using AI and and push that out to the masses should they choose to use it. Yeah, and it's going to so suck. You've, you've literally – it may not suck. right? So you know the so – speaking of lawsuits, you know the lawsuit the New York Times has against OpenAI – Saying that OpenAI is is scraping their data from behind the paywall and sharing it, 
What do you what do you think about that? I need to read it. So basically, what they're saying is is OpenAI is is taking our paid data and sharing it for free. Now, my thinking on that is I can read plagiarism. I yeah, well, that the yeah, the plagiaristic aspect is I think the bigger issue. But what what my point is, if I read a paid New York Times article and then went on this podcast and talked about it, uh, would that be any different than AI talking about it? Now that's where it gets into plagiarism. It's phrasing, it's direct copying, well, it's lack of independent thought. Right. Let me think. And, let me put it to, to you this way: in like, it's a question of scale. Because one person doing something one or two times is different than making a business model off of it. So if you've ever been to the city of Valencia in Spain, they've got a park that runs through the city that's an old dried up riverbed. And what they did is they made a park that goes through it with like a whole bunch of like plants and like playgrounds and all sorts of stuff. And one of the things that they did is along the walkway that goes through it, there's orange trees, hundreds of them. Like for however many miles this park goes on, there's an orange tree. I wasn't every 10 sure or 15 where you were going feet. with this, but I, I, I think I may now know where you're going. It's either way, go ahead. So if you're walking through this park and you reach up and you pick one orange off you, of the tree. You are allowed to do so. Yeah. If not encouraged to do so. Maybe. I don't know. But even if like. That's what they were there for. Yeah. But even if it's not allowed, like I don't think a police officer, like if you pick one off and a police officer sees you, even if it is a crime, they're probably going to be like, hey, you can't do that. Don't do that again. But even if it is allowed, like one person picking off an orange versus now you have you found a company and you have a whole team of workers going through the park and picking yeah. off every single one of the orange and then selling at a market later, like the, the city's going to have a problem. You're taking advantage of something in a way that it wasn't meant to be used. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the argument. Yeah. I, I, uh, and I think what's going to happen is, is our courts are going to have to have to really look at this because if you don't allow uh, AI to access this data, then you're really cutting AI off at the kneecaps and, yeah, and, and so, really, really cutting it down. So, But what if you were to say, hey, if you're going to be doing large scale data harvesting on our service, we're going to charge you differently than if you're just an individual user looking to read our articles. I, I think that's reasonable as well, that a, that a company should pay more than an individual anyways to, to access something. So, And I can uh, think of countless examples of where I like, like industrial I, I like, pricing differs from consumer pricing because the intended use of it is different. Yeah, I, I like the orange analogy. Uh, where else are we on technology? Self-driving cars. <laughs> Not a thing in 2024. The Not technology a- still sucks. And people just aren't going to trust them. People are, like, people are too, see, human drivers are too highly variable. That's the well, human thing. drivers are too highly variable. But even if you were to replace every single human driver on the road with an AI driver and have all, all cars be AI, it would still suck because there are environmental factors that you cannot control that we just have not programmed for yet. And cars are like, Cars are just too difficult and traffic is too difficult to manage to have a program that's going to be able to respond to all these things that can go wrong. Like a and, big, like a big puddle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a big puddle or like, because by I, the way, I love the videos I, of San pro- Francisco where like people put like parking cones on the hoods of these self-driving cars and like they just, just they can't do anything. But I mean, yeah. like imagine trying to program around program for a puddle. Right, a self-driving car is not going to know how deep it is. You're never going to be able to program the size of of a puddle, right? Because or the shape of a puddle, because it's just it's all highly variable. 
Um, yeah, but well, like, what about wildlife? And well, like, but that's but that's a wildlife is the same as it's worse than another human driver who could just veer off the side of the road or swerve or answer the cell phone and hit the brake or something yeah. like that. Wildlife going sprinting across the road is is just as variable. The variables are what are uh, the unforeseeable variables are are what are working against self driving cars, even in an environment where every vehicle is self driving, like like you just said. Yeah, there's just so much more work to be done and. I can tell you that, like, especially in the cities where they've been running these trials, the public trust for self-driving cars, like the, the, pl- the places to, where they've been using self-driving cars, the public there has a lower opinion of self-driving cars than the places where they haven't been tested. Exactly. Uh, all right. Hit streaming services. Um, yeah. So I think streaming services are going to be suffering from a similar <laughs> fate that cable TV did. And, and yeah, cable TV did like 20 years ago, which is like there was too much competition and they like streaming services diluted the market so far that it used to be that like 10 years ago or five years ago, you could probably be good with like two streaming services, Netflix and Hulu, right? Not even. Yeah. And yeah, Netflix, basically. Yeah. Netflix. And then you had cable. Yeah. Um, Whereas now, like. All the content that you could have gotten with one or two logins and one or two monthly subscriptions is now like what fifteen? It's spread across so many different platforms. And so you're like, oh, where's the show? They're doing to themselves what they did to cable, is what you're saying. They're doing to themselves. So if you go to MTV right now, the only thing it shows, I think, almost twenty four seven, is just what's his name, Rob, whatever, uh, ridiculousness. It just plays that over and over and over and over again on, on repeat. So what's going to happen is you're going to have a platform like Netflix that just plays like their Netflix's Game of Thrones or something, right? right, So streaming services are expensive to run because one, you have to license the content and you have to pay royalties to whoever made that content. And then you've got huge server farms that need to manage all the internet traffic and data that people are streaming from you, right? That is not cheap. And you need a certain level of subscription to all these services to even just break even. And so as more and more people get sick of having to manage all these different logins and subscriptions and everything, they're just going to say, you know what? Screw it. It's no longer worth it. And so you're going to have the big players. And again, that's going to be like Netflix and Hulu primarily. Um, But like maybe Disney Plus. Um, they're going to be fine because they have enough content and enough user base to sustain this. Well, also but you're going to have... the, the, sorry to interrupt you. The difference between cable and streaming services, a, a cable channel like MTV can only play one thing at a time, whereas a streaming service can play. Yeah. Multiple. But I think you're going to see a lot of these smaller streaming services go under and that content that they had kind of reserved for themselves is going to go back up for grabs. And you're going to see the bigger players say, you know what, we'll pay to license that. So I think you're going to see consolidate, like a reconsolidation of the streaming services. You think you're going to see it as soon as 2024? I think you're going to start seeing what, like, yeah, you're going to start seeing it a little bit. I don't think it's going to be like complete by the end of 2024, but you're going to see it move in that direction. I don't think we're going to see any new streaming services. No, 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 no. I, uh, I think, but the other thing is, I think that you're also going to see an increase in piracy. As people get sick of these streaming services, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to download this illegally. 
And I'll tell you, like, I've got a smart TV in my garage. It's been a long long time since people knew how to pirate things. Yeah, but I'll tell you. You you have not forgotten, but sorry. I'll tell you, I've got a smart TV in my garage. And we've got logins for various streaming services to watch live sports or whatever. And I would say a significant portion of the time, and some are better than others, like, we can't watch something that, like, we're paying for. Because the apps on the TV or whatever, like, just don't work. So, like, we'll try and log in and it doesn't work. We can't watch it. And it ends up being easier for me to plug in my laptop with an HDMI cord and find some kind of bootleg stream of the the game that I want to watch. And that works better than the paid streaming service. And, And, like, if you know anything about video games, you know about the, the service Steam, where it's, it's a content manager. You buy games on it, you download the games through it, you play the games through it. And the, the, the company that manages it is Valve. And the founder of Valve is Gabe Newell. And he was talking, uh, many years ago, he was going to be rolling Steam out to Russia. And someone asked him, why would you bring this service to Russia, there's a lot of piracy and theft in Russia. And he just said, piracy is a customer service issue. If we can provide a better service than the pirates, people will pay for it. People will only pirate when the existing service sucks. Or, or cost too much money. Yeah. Uh, and so on... when, when he, he was right. Like Steam was wildly successful in Russia and Steam just prints money now because they provide a better service than downloading a game illegally. So on streaming services, slight transition is to subscription services. And what I think we are going to see is a lot of things being given to us where we where the ownership aspect is is removed. You've seen right? this with cars. Well, I was going to say you, we've seen it happening with music for a long time, right? Music is digital. I don't own any of the music anymore. I don't pay per song that I want to download. Uh, I pay a monthly fee and I get the downloads. Now, if I ever give up that that platform and stop paying the monthly fee, the music evaporates from whatever device I have it on. Mm-hmm. You no longer, you, you don't own it digitally. And obviously you don't have records, tapes and CDs. So you don't own it physically, uh, but <clears throat> we're going to see that infiltrate other aspects of your life more so and more so uh, by force. So cars, for example, a lot of the new cars, they come equipped with cruise control, power uh, seats, uh, moon, heated seats, heated seats. But, and the newest vehicles, you have to pay a subscription service to unlock those features. Yeah, BMW is uh, getting a lot of hate for like charging people like eighteen dollars a month to have so, heated seats. Uh, but we're going to see the rent rentification uh, sweep across the United States. We're already seeing these these big uh, BlackRock, Blackstone companies that are buying up real estate and forcing people to rent. Uh, we're seeing a lot of these very powerful, very wealthy corporations offer what we used to own back to us. Uh, at, at a rental rate, so they have a uh, regular uh, revenue um, because we have to have these things. So I think we're going to see that that rental aspect, the rentification, uh, infiltrate. Like nobody would have thought you'd have to fucking rent cruise control for your car. You have to rent heated seats for your car. That's insane. I would never uh, buy a car that has that kind of crap in it. But uh, I may never buy. I, I may be at a good point in my life where I can always always buy cars, kind of pre twenty. 20 <laughs> i think you know but in in 50 years i could i could drive a, a 50 something year old car and still get by like i'd be totally happy driving a 1960s uh, anything if it was well maintained 
So yeah, good I, luck getting gas in 50 years. Well, yeah, that's but that's my point is a 20. If I have an electric vehicle, maybe, uh, or I get a, a gas vehicle now with an electric conversion 30 years from now, maybe it'll be in a decent enough technology. Yeah. Um, real quick, let's talk like the economy and like housing market and interest rates and stuff. Just real quick, like real a minute quick. or two. And then you got your bar trivia, and we're going to miss uh, antibiotics, medical breakthroughs. Uh, Maybe uh, we need to continue this episode next uh, week. We'll see. Either way, I'm, I'm curious what you got for the economy. We haven't even talked really about uh, the environment. But go ahead, the economy, um, and, then, and then hit your uh, – I think inflation is going to start trivia. coming under control. I think we're going to see interest rates drop, mm-hmm. but I don't think that you're going to see housing prices move appreciably down. And the reason is you've got so many people that want to buy houses and so few people want to sell. And – I just don't think that the inventory is there. So you still have a constrained supply and high demand. Yeah, well, the inventory is not there. And for the people to sell their houses, they need somewhere else to move. And the problem is the prices have gone up so much in the last four years that it's more expensive for them to sell and move. Even though they will make a profit, it still right now is not justifying buying another place unless yep. they're making a ha- a massive uh, downsize. So uh we're, we're be at, I don't think we're going to see any any major real estate moves. And uh, no, I do think that interest rates are going to come down, so you're going to see more people refinancing. You'll see a little bit more purchasing just because more people can qualify for mortgages and stuff. But the price side of houses, but, but a, about a point down. or two on it, on on interest rates is is not going to shift the market that much. So good point. Um, I, I like that prediction. All right, you want to hit us with a trivia here? All right. There, there is at least one word that is nine letters that only has one vowel. So give me a word that has nine letters and one vowel. All right. Well, I can't give it to you today. I'm telling you guys, do not, do not Google this, but feel free to DM me or text me what you believe to be the answer to this week's bar trivia. You want to repeat it one more time? Name a word that has nine letters, but only one of them is a vowel. All right. On that note, this has been Sip Talk episode 235. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in next week. Same bat channel, same bat time, same bat duo. Am I missing anything? All right. Adios. All right. So we spoke them. We recorded them. We posted them online. These are our predictions. Circle back in a year. Let me know if I'm right or wrong. Uh, See you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.